problems should be hearing you thanking God for the answer. In Mark chapter 11, verse number 24, it says, Therefore I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. Now I want you to notice what this verse really says here. Whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them. Now, I, I've, I, I got, had the privilege of sitting under Brother Hagin for many years, and I heard him say <clears throat> that you're supposed to believe that you receive it when you prayed, not when it happens. Come on, that's good now. Think about that. Believe you receive when you pray, not when it actually shows up. You don't have to believe it anymore. You have to believe it, you receive it when you pray. All right? So if we're supposed to believe that we receive it, when are we supposed to believe that? As soon as we say amen. All right? Now, right there uh, in, in Mark chapter 11, let's look back up just a few um, verses to verse number 12. Now, the next day, when they had come out from Bethany, he was hungry. And seeing from afar a fig tree having leaves, he went to see if it perhaps... He would find something on it. When he came to it, he found nothing but leaves, for it was not the season of figs. In response, Jesus said to it, let no one eat fruit from you ever again. There he's speaking his words. That's Jesus talking, so we know he's speaking the word. And his disciples heard it. Now let's skip down to verse 20. Now in the morning as they passed by, they saw the fig tree died dried up from the roots. And Peter, remembering, said to him, Rabbi, look. The fig tree which you cursed has withered away. Now, according to this, according to what he's telling us in 24, when did God's power go into operation? Did it go into operation when the fig tree dried up? Or did it go into operation when he spoke the word? All right, he spoke the word. And so even though nothing looks like it's changing on the outside, here's what our faith is supposed to believe. That as soon as I speak what I believe about God's word, God's power is already in operation, causing it to change. Okay? All right. So if that's the case, and God's power goes into operation, as soon as I speak to my problem what the word says, then what does that mean? That means that my problem is already changing. It's already changing. Now, sometimes you see it immediately, and sometimes you don't. But the question you have to ask yourself is, do you believe what you're speaking? All right? These words are not spells. They're not even your words. And you know what? Sometimes we, we look at some of this stuff like it's our words. And let's just be real honest, if that's okay. Let's just be real transparent. Sometimes we say things and we know it's a bunch of baloney. Come on. And you know what? We judge God's word sometimes based on how we judge our own. Sometimes we, we don't expect those things to work because we, know say, we, we say things ourselves that are just hot air coming out and filling up the atmosphere and it's, it's all baloney. But listen, the Bible says that God is not a man that he should lie, which means this. His words are never baloney. Never. 
They're always filled with power. They're always changing. And so you have to ask yourself the question, do I really believe what I'm speaking? Because if you don't, then you need to go back and find out more of what he's saying. All right? They are God's words, and God's words always work. Now, I don't know if anybody else will admit to this, but I'm gonna, I always like to pick on myself because I don't ever like to say this happened to anybody else. But um, did anybody else, when you were growing up, ever do the Bloody Mary experiment? <laughs> Come on now. I did it, and I was always afraid to say it the 10th time. You know, you get in a room, you close the door, you look in the mirror, and you say Bloody Mary 10 times, and you're supposed to see her in the mirror. Anybody else know what I'm talking about? Other people call it a candy man. Other people, I mean, there's all kinds of different versions of this that went out there. I was always scared to death to do it. I knew that if I said it, it was going to happen, and I was going to have to cry and repent and ask God to forgive me. I just was afraid what was going to happen, all right? And so I never did it. But my cousin would do it, and he would, nothing would ever happen. And he would tell me before, he'd be like, nothing's going to happen. And I'd be like, you, no, it will. I mean, I was convinced it was going to happen. And he would do it, and it never happened. It never happened. It never happened. And you know what? I learned, I learned something the, the older I got, and I started thinking back about that. The reason it never happened is because he never believed it was going to happen. I mean, I could tell you other people that said, I saw her. If she was there floating in the mirror, I saw her. Now, whether there really something happened or they imagined the whole thing, I couldn't tell you. But the thing is, is when you put your faith in something that you actually believe it, well, the word will always work if it's believed upon. And so I'm, I'm, setting, up, I'm setting this up to say this. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse number 7 says, For we walk by faith, not by sight. Or we could say this, we walk by what we believe, not by what we see. All right, we'll talk more about that part next week. Romans chapter 1, verse 17 says, For in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. So we have us walking by faith, and we have us living by faith, all right? So then we say this, what is faith? Faith is the substance, Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Which is saying this, you don't need to see it, the actual thing, because you have a promise that says it's just as good, all right? Faith believes the promise just as much it would if it was seeing the actual results, all right? This is where our believing comes into play. You have to believe, and if you believe and speak to your mountain, faith considers it done, and it's done if it's done, what should your response be? Now, here's where we're getting to the, what we're talking about today. What should your response be if it's done? Now, if you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn to Luke chapter 17, and let's read the story of the 10 lepers. Now, it's amazing to me how many people speak the word and pray and see things happen, but they never thank God for it. They almost, it's almost like they felt entitled that this was supposed to happen. It's just like, I'm, I'm good enough that things are just going to work my way. Luke chapter 17, verse number 11. Now it happened as he went to Jerusalem that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. 
Then as he entered a certain village, there met him ten men who were lepers who stood afar off. And they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. So when he saw them, he said to them, go show yourselves to the priests. And so it was that as they went, they were cleansed. Now check this part out. This is really blows my mind. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, returned and with a loud voice glorified God and fell down on his face at his feet, giving him thanks, and he was a Samaritan. So Jesus answered him and said, were there not ten cleansed? But where are the nine? Where, were there not any uh, found who returned to give glory to God except this foreigner? And he said to him, arise, go your way, your faith has made you well. Now I want you to look at this scripture in light of what we were just talking about. Right Now, if faith accepts the promise exactly the same way as if you actually got in the flesh what you were believing for. Faith says, I don't need to see it there, I have it here. Okay, if those are the same, okay, if those are the same, the response should be the same as this leper. Okay? Now, this leper didn't have to believe that he was healed. He saw he was healed. See, you don't, when you see it, you don't need to believe it anymore. Amen. You know it, right? All right, now, if I said to you, inside this, inside this is an ink pen. Now, my Bible's in here too, but inside this uh, is an ink pen. Now, if I said that to you, how many of you believe me? Two people believe me, three, four five, six. Okay. What are you basing that on? What I said. Okay, great. All right. Now, what if I held this, uh, what if I pulled my ink pen out? <laughs> That's why you didn't believe it. I thought, let me borrow your ink pen. All right. I thought I had one in there. I have a place for it right here. See, this little flap is supposed to hold it. All fell out somewhere. All right. Okay. Now, how many of you believe this is an ink pen? Raise your hand if you believe it. No, you don't. You know this is an ink pen. Why? You can see it. You can see this, correct? All right. What is faith? Faith is believing without seeing. All right. Romans chapter 10, verse 17 says, faith comes from hearing and hearing by the word of God, all right? So that's the only way you can believe something is if you hear it. Somebody tells you, all right? So if I hold this up and say, how many of you believe this is an ink pen? Nobody should say, I believe it. You should be saying, I know it, okay? Now, what we did a minute ago, that was really believing because you couldn't see no ink pen in here, all right? And I say, how, all right, how many of you believe there's an ink pen in here? No, no, you still know it's in there because you saw me put it in there. Okay, yes, these are all trick questions. All right. So, now, if I, if I was to say to you, um, there's, uh, there's a couple of extra pieces of paper in here, right? Now you have to make a decision of whether you believe this or not. 
There's, there's, there's paper in here besides the, besides the, uh, the pages of the Bible. There's actually note paper in there, right? Okay, now, now we're at a point where you have to make a decision. Do I believe that or do I not believe that? If you believe that, then you will act accordingly when you approach me when you need a piece of paper. You're not going to come up there and be like, excuse me, I'm wondering, do you have a piece of paper that I could possibly borrow? You're going to know, you know, you're going to believe, you know, if I say to you, I have paper stuffed in my Bible case and you need a piece of paper, you're going to come say, hey, Brent, I know you have paper. I believe you have paper. Can you borrow, can I borrow some paper? You're going to act accordingly. You're going to not approach me unknowing or anything like that. You're going to act accordingly. Listen, if we are supposed to speak the word to our problems, the next thing our word should be saying is thank you to God because we, come on, we believe what his word says and his word says is going to do. So your problem should be hearing you say thank you. Thanksgiving, here's today's real nugget of the message. Thanksgiving is the ultimate sign of faith. You can't really do anything higher in faith than say thank you. You know, that old saying of, I'll believe it when I see it, it goes out the window with faith. It doesn't work. Okay? Why? Because not only are you recognizing God and his power at work, but you're thanking him before it's done. You guys doing okay? Everybody getting anything out of this? All right. You're thanking him before it's done. Hebrews chapter 11, verse number 6. Without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. When you believe him based solely on his word, this is what pleases him. Now, I want everybody to think back for a second. <laughs> think back <laughs> to when you were a teenager. Now, some of you... That might be a long time ago. <laughs> I will admit that was 23 years ago since I had my teenage. Let's see, I'm 41, 22 years ago. 22 years ago. And to me, for me to even say I remember something 22 years ago, it blows my mind because I used to think 22 years is such a long time. Oh, my gosh, to say something was 20 years ago. Oh, now I'm like, well, that really wasn't that long ago. So anyway, I've really put myself in a better position because <clears throat> I'm older. Anyway, um, think back to when you had trust issues with your parents. Come on down. Did anybody in here never have trust issues where they didn't trust you? Everybody knows what I'm talking about. All right. You had issues when you'd tell your mom and dad something and they would make you prove it. And you'd be like, dang it, mom. What's up with that? You just don't believe me. Forgetting that you told like 30 lies before that <laughs> to get your way. Anybody else know what I'm talking about? Both hands and feet on that one. We all, we all know what that's like. But do you remember that time when you didn't have to do the sales job and the convincing? Do you remember how that made you feel? Remember when you were able to say, I'm going to go here and I'll be back at 10 or whatever. And they looked at you and said, okay. And you were like, you had this whole argument ready to go, and, you, and you're like, uh, what, 
what do I do with this now? And so you start to go ahead and give it anyway, and they go, I said it was fine. And you're like, is this for real? <laughs> is this really happening right now? Uh, uh, and you kind of walk away, and you kind of go, you either had one of two responses. Number one, you were like, wow, my mom and dad are awesome. Or you were going, they're so dumb, I can't believe that worked. <laughs> Regardless of what your response was, it made you feel pretty good, didn't it, that you didn't have to go and convince anybody. See, this is the way it is with God. If God has to go and convince you, he's not pleased with that. But if you will just believe him at his word, this is what pleases him. And it makes it to a point where his word now can operate in a more, it sets an atmosphere that's more fluid for his power to operate in. That's why Thanksgiving is so important. That's why for us to lift our voice and thank God. When we say thank you, in the face of something still, a problem still staring us in the face, it pleases God so much that the atmosphere gets, it allows his power to move more, more freely. Now, don't, don't put sound on that, but, but roll that video while I'm talking here. All right, I want you to look at this. Now, I, I've been to Hawaii 12 or 13 times, and this is the lava flows over around Kilauea. All right, now this is the most active volcano in the world. And there are spots where it's running like that. I mean, and you can stand from this close. I mean, you can take a stick and stick it in there. I mean, it's just running like that all the time. And, it, and it, what happens is it, it gets under that black, crusty stuff. Now, see, this is a lava flow right here. That's looking down through black crust underneath. And what's on top is black crust that is crusted over and cooled, and the lava stops moving. But underneath where it's still hot... That water flows like water, and it actually sounds like water in some places when it's splashing up against the, the sides of the, the crater. It actually makes splashing noises like that like right there. And that looks like water with a light on it. That's rock melted. And this is what your faith does. Your faith creates a lava tube, so to speak, that even on the outside, things may look bad and things may look crusty, but on the inside, God's power is flowing. Come on, somebody. God's power is flowing into that situation, creating the answer right there. And thanksgiving enforces that place so that that power can keep moving. Now, I want to close by saying this. This is not a message that's such a revolutionary message. This message has been taught by great men for years centuries and here's the issue that we run into especially with people that grew up in this or have been around this forever heard it a million times we think that because we know it that that's enough we think that because we know what the that we're supposed to speak to them and we know the revelation on mark chapter 11 we know the revelation on saying thank you we know and listen simply knowing it isn't enough all right? Knowing you're supposed to speak to your problems aren't enough. Knowing that you're supposed to thank God isn't enough. James chapter 1 verse 22 says, but be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. You have to come to a point where you are actually speaking those words and you're actually saying thank you to God for your answer even before you see it. There's a lot of people that know this principle, probably have heard 
like I said, great men speak about this. And, and I probably have said things this morning that you've probably heard a million times. But I want to challenge you today with this. When was the last time you actually got your Bible out and found what God's Word said about your problem and spoke, not just going, yeah, God, that's good, but actually took the time to speak that to your problem and then say, thank you, Lord, that that's done. I sat in Illinois when my son Preston was born, and both of our boys are adopted. Uh, we were at the hospital when both of them were born. And uh, literally, they came out, cut the cord, and brought them in the room where we were, both of them dripping wet still, had not cleaned them up or anything. I mean, they've been ours from the beginning. And uh, in Illinois, we're sitting in that room, and suddenly, um, we, had, we had done all this work and, done, and come all this way, and it looked as though we weren't going to get Preston. And the biological father's side started making all kinds of noise. And just to be honest with you, it wasn't a good situation. They were saying this and they were saying that. And I don't want to get into all that situation again. But, but it, was, it, it turned real ugly on us real fast. And we were, we were terrified and, and scared and didn't really know what to do. And, and it, it kind of made me mad a little bit because I'm a word of faith minister. I know what the word says. I know what, how this works. I know the revelation of Mark chapter 11. I know that. And it made me mad that this was coming. And, and it, was almost, it was almost like, yes, but are you doing it? And I, it, it clicked in my mind. And I, I'm, we, we were in a, I mean, this is a little small town in Illinois, very small. The hospital was three floors, I think. And small. I mean, and we were the only people on that floor. The, the, the biological mom was on another wing, on another side of the hospital. Um, so we had this whole wing to ourselves. Now, the wing was literally this big, okay? <laughs> but I would walk that hallway with those, you know, dozen rooms or however many was in that wing. I don't even think it was a dozen, maybe six or eight rooms. And I would walk that hallway. And, and I, I remember speaking to this problem and saying, you know, my steps are over to the Lord, and I, I have been directed here not to walk away empty-handed. And if my steps ordered me here, then we're going away with what we came here for. God doesn't take you somewhere to just break your heart. And I started speaking that out. And then I would walk the hall on, thank God, by myself, nobody else in any of the rooms, and I would literally say, thank you, Lord. I couldn't say anything else. <laughs> I didn't know what else to say. But I believed at that moment it was changing. And, I, and I, I wish I could tell you I felt something. I wish I could tell you that the heavens parted and I had a vision. I wish I could tell you that lightning struck the ground and there was Preston spelled out in the carbon smoke. I mean, I wish, I mean, I, I wish something like that could have happened, but it didn't happen. So I just kept walking and I'd walk that hall and I would, I would just say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And then occasionally I'd get a, a song that we used to sing at youth camp come floating up out of my spirit that I hadn't thought about in 20 years. But didn't feel anything, didn't see anything, but I just kept saying thank you. And I just kept saying thank you. And I just kept saying thank you. And uh, through a, a course of events that happened, Preston is over in the kids' department right now. Now, I, would, I could have sat there and, and done that and said, 
I know this. It's already working. Or I could have done it and watched it work. And that's exactly what happens. To speak to your problems and to say thank you is so important because it keeps the atmosphere ready for God's power to move. Head bowed, I'm, eyes closed, I'm done. Father, thank you so much. Thank you, Lord, for so many good things that you've done for us. But Lord, we thank you for the answers to, to problems now. We thank you that as we've spoken to these things that are going on in our lives, these challenges that are facing us, I thank you for those answers. I thank you that they're done. I thank you that the problems are now resolving and, and your power is crumbling that mountain from within. Lord, I thank you that your power is flowing inside of my praise to you today. I thank you that your, your power is flowing into my problems through the atmosphere of my thanksgiving to you. Lord, we know that when we say thank you, we actually build an environment for you to be in. And where you are, there is all power. And Lord, we thank you that it's done in Jesus' name. Before we see it, before we feel it, before we know it, we still say thank you. Thank you for the answer. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Now, I'm just going to open this up to you today. I don't, I don't know everybody here. Listen, I want to say to you, there is something that you can be thankful for. Um, and that is the fact, you know, maybe you're facing the biggest challenge of your life. And to be real honest with you, we are. We're facing one of the biggest challenges we've ever faced right now. Me and Jody uh, together are, are facing some stuff. We're facing a really... A really big challenge has to do with, with what's going on here at the church. And, and, but you know what? We're just being thankful because we've already spoke the word. But listen, if you don't know God, you can still be thankful for this. Jesus died for you. And the ultimate way to be in faith about that today is to say thank you for that and receive him into your life. So if you're here today with heads bowed and eyes closed and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, I want to give you the opportunity to get to know him. And by doing that, you're going to just basically receive what he did and start telling him thank you. So if that's you and you're in here today and you don't know Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior, would you slip your hand up and say, that's me. I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to parade you down front and make a big show of this. We, we do things a little differently here. But if that's you and you need Jesus as your Lord and Savior, just slip your hand up and say, that's me. I, I'm, you're talking to me, bro. All right. Praise God. Well, I see no hands today. And and, and, and I, I'm, I'm okay with that because that just means everybody here knows God. Now let me just say this to you. If you have something that you're facing, a challenge that you're facing, a problem that you're facing, whatever you want to call it, and it's looking you right in the face, and, uh, and you would just be bold enough to just say thank you, Jesus, to that problem right now. I want you to just slip your hand up and do that right now. Just say, Lord, I thank you that it's done right now. I thank you that my problem's done. I thank you that it's solved right now in Jesus' name. Whether it's financial, whether it's, it's relational, whether it's healing in your body, whatever it is, just thank God that it's done right now. Just thank him. 
Let your problems hear you telling him, th- telling him thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that no weapon formed against us will prosper, that all that rise up against us shall fall. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for that provision. We thank you that it's done in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord.